Hello and welcome to episode 103 of the Mark and Me podcast. As always, I'm your host Mark. Joining me on today's episode is the producer and vocalist, the absolutely awesome Cold Heart. If you're unaware of this guy's music, I urge you to jump on Spotify or Apple Music and check him out now. The guy alone is getting over 1 million streams every single month on Spotify and really is making a name for himself in the music industry. If you try and describe his actual genre, I think you'll struggle. He's become an innovator of genre-defining music and in my opinion combines stuff like emo, gothic rock, country. There's a bit of everything in there so I really do think if you love music you'll love his style. I really love this chat with Coldy and we get to talk all about his music influences, what shaped his music taste today and just about how life has changed for him over the years and I really can't wait for you all to listen. But you know in typical Mark and me fashion I like to touch base and talk about the last episode. So on the last episode I was joined by an artist for the very first time. This is something new to Mark and me and I wanted to explore the voice behind the artists and this will be a series of about five or six interviews. So we started big with Matt Ferguson who in my opinion is one of the best artists in the world right now and he came with James Henshaw, the guy who runs and helps with Vice Press. It was a great interview and the response was amazing and I've seen a whole new audience start following me so thank you to everyone that's new to Mark and me and I hope you all stick around. But back to today. As I said at the start, I'm joined by Cold Heart, so I think the best thing to do is to get to the interview. So here's me and Coldy talking all things music. So Coldy, thanks for joining me today on the Mark and Me podcast. Sir, what up, Mark? What I wanted to do today is, for the listeners out there, is take it back to the very start when you were growing up and what were some of the albums that you listened to or artists that have shaped the love and passion you have for music today? Like from the very start? From the very start when you were a little kid? I guess when I was very little, my dad was like a metalhead and he listened to reggae. So like Black Sabbath, um, I would listen to that going to church to try to be like a little rebel. (laughs) And a lot of the old Bob Marley and the Wailers from my dad and just like heavy rock stuff. But growing older, I started skating more. And I was always influenced by hip hop and rock because I'm from Long Beach. So it's like a lot of like a melting pot, I guess. So around my teenage years, I kind of started listening to more like Chief Keef, like Lil Reese, um, Lil B. And then like just like classic punk stuff like Misfits, Ramones, more like underground shit too, like um, Gizm, like this Japanese punk band. And always, I always listen to oldies, just being from Long Beach too. Like, I think it's like lowrider culture to listen to oldies and shit. And then I started listening to like Lil Uzi, Young Thug a lot, and Future. Especially Future because I like his songwriting. And also listen to like a lot of pop punk stuff like New Found Glory or like Good Charlotte and Depeche Mode. A lot of stuff like that, like The Cure. The birthday party in the cave, especially. And then just like a mix of a lot of things that's like underground, really, to me. So there's quite a lot of collective there. I mean, you've mentioned so many different artists and bands, and obviously that's kind of shaped who you are now. But were you learning an instrument when you were younger, or were you just sort of learning to uh, sing, or how, how was it that you wanted to create music? So... Early on, my dad would just play guitar to me all the time. And then yeah. I had like rock 
background from that. And I actually took like guitar lessons, but one day I quit because my teacher like was eating an ice cream and he wouldn't give me one. And I got really <laughs> So I just started learning, just like looking up tabs on my own online. And then so I always had a little guitar background. And then I, I got around 2012, I wanted to start making beats. So I got FL Studio and I got a little drum pad, but I realized like I don't even need a drum pad. I just need my laptop to make beats. And I started making beats for a while till like 2014 till I, I made a name as JF. And I like, I started playing piano and like um, playing guitar on my own, like trying to make my own beats like that. And I like singing little songs. I wanted to make songs that I like, I wanted to hear. So I was like, why don't I just try singing? And I, I was never really a singer, but like, I didn't want to be bad at it. So I just kept trying and trying until it sounded a little better. And then I think around 2014, 15 is when I started the Cold Heart Project. And yeah, just been going ever since. And obviously in the past as well, you've been a songwriter and a producer and all that. Did you teach yourself everything or did you go to college or university or anything like that to kind of learn how to these, to, to, you know, to produce records and to edit and mix and master and stuff? Or did you just teach yourself? So for um, pretty much everything I've done DIY, just because like living in Long Beach, I didn't really have too many friends that wanted to do the same thing. And I feel like music helped me like find a different outlet than just go like do bad shit. So I just had to teach myself. And there was a lot of YouTube and like meeting people from different places, just watching them. But yeah, I pretty much just taught myself. And you talked then about when you formed the Cold Heart Project, what was your vision at the start? What was it you wanted to get out of it? Well, I was listening to like, there was this band called Teen Suicide and they would make lo-fi like records and that's like the original sound i was trying to go for just like lo-fi guitar with like kind of like haunting vocals and just like a little like folky like rock kind of like oldies mix but eventually like i just started getting on beats instead because it was way easier to just um to get my ideas out and get more stuff done than if I just um, produced everything. So that's what it turned into. But originally I was just trying to make like homemade guitar songs. And my name was Cold Heart Rich Boy originally. And I was like, this is way too long. So I shortened it to just Cold Heart and took out the E. And obviously when you just mentioned then Nick Cave, he's one of my favorite songwriters. To know that you're influenced by him is amazing. I mean, to get that with the kind of punk post sound as well and stuff like the cure to then try and get all that to kind of gel together is no easy task yeah like i never want to really genre blend like that because it i feel like it always just is like corny so i just try to do like if i'm gonna make like a song that's like turned up i'm just make a turnt song or like a like a rap more rap song i'll make a more rap song like i'm not gonna try to mix them too much but like you can tell when I either do like the post-punk style or like a Nick Cave influence type song, I'll try to go fully into that. And with your um, debut full studio album of Good Morning Cruel World, when you were putting this together, 
Mm-hmm. What was the biggest kind of learning experience? What was working for you that was brilliant, but at the same time, your biggest challenge? Um, just like polishing everything, I guess, because we were, me and Jans were making a lot of songs and we just wanted them to be like, like hit level and just like solid. And I guess like we went back a lot of times to the songs and redid vocals and added like little things in the beat that are like you don't think would make a difference, but just like that little touch makes it sound much more epic. Yeah. And that was probably like the like the biggest thing. Because usually I like to get songs done in like the same day and then just like master them because it like captures the emotion. So like we were just going back and forth with these songs is um, something I usually don't do. And when you're working with just you and your producer yawns and you've got all this stuff going on, mm-hmm. were you in the back of your head thinking as good as it sounds and you're adding all these layers and doing all these extra bits and adding these samples and different things in, were you thinking the whole time, how are we going to get this to work when it comes to performing live? Not so much. Like it just like came natural really because we make the song, like the way we make songs is Jans will like play stuff or I'll play stuff. And if I don't like something immediately, then I'll like tell him. So we're just like making stuff that we know we're going to play. So like once it comes to the show time then we can just like go back to what we just did. If that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, when you're working and writing with just one other person, Mm-hmm. it's quite intimate it must be quite tense at times how how did it work because when i've been in a band before there's four of us and there's so many different personalities and egos yeah. and people trying to get their stuff heard was it did you just click straight away and know that he was the right producer and that you could just have this relationship that would work yeah um especially with yarns like i don't know we have like the same kind of background like he used to bmx in arizona and i was from california and used to skate and like be a little punk so like we have like the same influences and stuff so our like personalities already matched but like i said when we work together like if i don't like something like i won't let him make a whole beat like if i'm not going to use it so like we just like communicate a lot and it's only two of us so like in a band i definitely feel it like it's much more complicated with everything that's happening right now in the world and lockdown and people not being able to play live and stuff, has it put a complete halt on everything for you? Are you trying to reschedule stuff and try and work out now a release and how to go about the right way of doing it? Because it's kind of not the ideal time to release an album. Um, kind of like I'm always working though, so I'm not going to let it stop me and I'm still filming videos and stuff. Um, shows I'm like, I'm not like that eager to get into shows with how things are right now. Like I'd rather wait till it's like ready because then it'll be much more worth it. But I'm always just going to keep making like media. Yeah. But I do miss like studios and like openness of stuff. And something I read recently when I was researching you is that you signed to Epitaph Records. Now this is a great record label and that must have been a huge huge bonus for you and when you look at some of the bands that have been on there like one of my favorite bands thrice mm-hmm. um other bands like that it, it must be great to be supported by such a legendary record company yeah i really don't think i would have signed with like 
or have been as happy to sign with anyone else because of their roster. Like they had Bring Me the Horizon before, and like Joe Strummer, Bad Religion, of course, already. Uh, I think Rancid was on there too. And just like a day to remember. Uh, but yeah, like their roster is legendary. So I was honored to be on there and to like meet Brett too. And now the album's completely finished. Uh, what's, what are we in terms of looking at for this release at the moment, obviously across the world? Um, you've got a date in mind and is there everything in like plan now? Not yet. I don't have a date yet, but I do want to drop a single soon. Yeah. Especially because it's becoming fall and like, I love fall time and I feel like the single I have will match the vibe really well. And your personal life obviously has changed. Um, you've become a father and how's that kind of changed your whole dynamic and work and uh, were you ready? Is it completely shook your whole world or are you still trying to balance everything? Mm, it shook my world definitely at first because one, it's Corona time and two, it's only me and my wife. Um, taking care of the baby and like usually I feel like when you have a baby you're like families around like you have aunts and like grandmas to help you because I always see other people like just chilling but it's just us so we really have to be like hands-on and just like just me and her taking turns but it like makes me value time more because she always comes first now so like whenever she does like rest or my wife has her, like, whatever I choose to do in that time has to be, like, worth it. Are you kind of having to be a lot more strict? So if you're trying to write some music or put some beats down and stuff like that, are you trying to know that you've kind of got a limited space to get that done? Is that an added pressure then that you have to kind of get as much done and cram it all in in that time because you want to have more time with your daughter or she might need you at any point? Um, yeah, but... Also, try not to stress too much like that. Like, I can always go back to it. That's why I have, like, a home studio. And, like, I'm more comfortable here anyway. But I do, like, sometimes feel that. And how's it looking now? So, obviously, there's no release date at the moment for the album, but you're going to drop a single. Have you got ideas in your head that you even though the album's now done have you already got ideas to follow the album up are you thinking right well this will lay me down and put a structure down there and kind of make my name out there but I want to then follow it up with something else or are you just trying to focus on this project and then look further when the time's right I'll probably just look further when the time's right because even though it's done I still want to just like like I said like polish it up and just not rush too much because that's what I've done like my whole career at the start just like put stuff out put stuff out and like not look back at it really besides like good morning cruel world so i want to try to do that again and make sure it's like like proofread and a lot of people that listen to these podcasts are songwriters or producers and with the way that the world is now everything's spotify and youtube uh-huh. What, advice, what advice do you give these people that want to try and be heard? Because it's such a big market. It's a really tough world to try and make your name. Uh, I know the tools are there in place, but there's so much competition. What advice do you give to those people that want to become an artist like you? I would just say to not. My best advice is like you don't want to need anyone's validation. Like 
you shouldn't send people songs and be like, you think this is good enough to drop or like, uh, what do you think of this? Like, besides like friends, of course, like you should just be confident in yourself to just drop something and like, and to keep making something because the more you do something, you're not going to get worse at it. And that's my best advice. Just keep making shit and you don't need anyone's validation but yourself. What I do on this podcast is I always end it with a song choice by the artist. Now, it doesn't have to be one of your own. It doesn't matter if it's a piece that influenced you growing up or if it's a film piece of music or a score or just a song that you love by a band. What would you love to be your outro music to this interview? Um, she's here by the birthday party. Oh, nice. You didn't think for long then. Most artists are like, can I just have about an hour to think about it and I'll email you, but you knew straight away. Do you know that song? I've heard it many times. That's my favorite song, especially the VHS video that's like live. Yeah. And it's like smoking. It's fucking awesome. Amazing. Perfect. I'll let you get back and obviously time is limited, so I'll let you get back and uh, do dad stuff. But thanks again for your time. Thanks, Mark. Take care. You too. Later. So there it is. There's my interview with me and Coldheart. What an incredible talent and someone that's going to go even bigger and bigger within the industry. And I can't wait to see how his career pans out. I want to give a massive thank you to the Good As Gold group, especially Haley, who made this interview happen. Your support is absolutely golden and the amount of guests that you bring to Mark and me is incredible. And I don't think I can ever repay the favour. So thank you to you and to Matt and to Harris and everyone at the team. You're absolute legends. Also, thanks for you guys out there who checked out this episode today. If you're new to Mark and Me, there's another 102 episodes waiting for you on Spotify or Apple Music or wherever you go, Amazon. Go and check those episodes out. I've got such a big range of actors, directors, musicians, bands and now artists. So there's a really big range of guests for you. And I really hope you enjoy delving back into the archive of all those old guests. I've got a really busy schedule coming up and there's going to be some incredible stuff coming in the next few weeks. It's going to be busy, but to do this, you know I need support. So the best way you can support Mark and me is sharing my episodes. It costs nothing to hit that retweet button or share the episode on Instagram or Facebook and it really does make a difference. If you enjoy this podcast, you can jump onto markandme.com. On there, there's links to all the social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I really do appreciate everyone that follows me, likes the tweets or shares them. And honestly, please keep it coming. It really does make a big, big difference. And if you love the podcast and want to support me on another level, I have a Patreon page. On there, you can sign up for as little as a pound a month. And at the moment, you're getting four or five episodes every single month. I've run amazing competitions to win some incredible prizes. Just last week, I was giving away a Matt Ferguson's set of John Carpenter prints, The Artist Proofs. You can't literally buy that with money. I'm working really hard behind the scenes to keep these incredible prizes coming. I want to reward the support I get from the Patreon. So please, if you love the podcast, it makes a massive difference and all the money goes right back into the podcast to give me the chance to record more interviews, which means more episodes for you guys at home. I'll be back in only a few days time with a brand new episode. It's really going to be busy. I can't say it enough. It's going to get insane. There's so much happening behind the scenes and I can't wait to share it with you. So until then, please stay safe. Speak soon, everyone.
Yeah.